Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into German myths and traditions. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. It was midnight, and Minna Wagner was drowning. The young woman had gone for a late swim in the Rhine, but the current had pulled her far from her tranquil swimming spot and dashed her knee on a stone in the shallows. Now it was dragging her straight toward the rocks at the base of a towering cliff. Somebody, please! No one was there to answer poor Minna's calls, and she felt certain the last thing she would hear was the terrifying pounding of water in her ears. But then she heard something else. A voice echoing melodically in the night. It sounded like it was coming from the rocks, and as Minna squinted, a vision appeared before her eyes. There was a man floating in front of the rocks, or something that looked like one. It was hard to tell, with the cloudy moonlight and the rush of water blurring her vision. Please, help me! What do you want? To be saved! What will you give me? (laughs) Anything! He smiled and the current carried Minna straight into his embrace. Minna almost screamed until she looked at the man's face. It was unlike any she'd ever seen. His frame was slender but sinewy strong. His soft skin was so pale it was almost blue. His long hair shone like gold, even in the dark, and his eyes were a pale, iridescent blue she found herself filled with a strange yet undeniable desire for this being. Minna was so lost in the creature's hypnotic gaze that she didn't even blink as he dragged her into the blue-black depths of the Rhine. When Minna awoke, it was morning. 
She was on land, and she was safe. She scrambled to her feet and realized she was back on the shores of her village, Bahara, and could even make it home in time for church. She was about to run off when a terrible pang in her belly sent her sprawling. Her hands instinctively went to the source of the discomfort, and she gasped. She could feel a bump on her usually trim stomach. In that instant, Minna knew. When the man asked what she'd give for her life, she had said anything. And now, Minna was certain she carried the water spirit's child. Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, we're diving into the German tale of Lorelei, the daughter of a water god whose voice was so beautiful it sent sailors to their deaths on the rocky shores of the Rhine River. This week, we'll learn of Lorelei's tragic origins. Next week, we'll see Lorelei wield her spellbinding powers and pay a terrible price. Coming up, we'll meet an outcast in love. There used to be no greater danger on Germany's Rhine River than Lorelei Rock. The steep cliff was over 400 feet tall and jutted out into a narrow curve of the Rhine. The bend was shallow and tough to navigate. Many a sailor met their death when currents sent them crashing against the Lorelei's surface. Perhaps their deaths were a simple matter of water and physics caused by a particularly dangerous rock. But as the cliff's name indicates, there's a more mystical explanation for the lure of Lorelei. Though its origins are still debated, some scholars believe Lorelei's linguistic roots to be those of a German and Celtic nature that translates to murmuring rock. Due to the way waves echoed off the cliffside, sailors could hear eerie sounds coming from the rocks, which they said were the voice of a supernatural creature. And there was no creature with more dangerous allure to lonely sailors than a beautiful, beckoning songstress. The tale of Lorelei the Temptress is relatively modern compared to most myths we cover. In the 19th century, many different German authors wrote of a riverside temptress, whose persona was most likely inspired by ancient Greek siren myths. In Clemens Brentano's 1801 novel Godvi, Lorelei is a heartbroken maiden in a riverside village called Bahra, whose beauty bewitched all men. In his 1824 poem, Die Lorelei, Heinrich Heine tells us of a water nymph sitting on the murmuring rock who unwittingly leads a sailor to his watery grave with her singing. In some tales, she dies for her sins. In others, she's rescued by her father, a river god named Father Rhine. The details don't all add up, but perhaps that just proves Lorelei's power as a mythical, mysterious, and misunderstood woman. 
Centuries ago, sailors were lucky indeed if they survived a wreck on the murmuring rock. If they managed to escape a nightmarish shipwreck and the hostile current, they might stumble down the shore into a waking dream, the village of Bahara. Bahara was an idyllic little town nestled amongst rolling green hills. The homes were brightly painted, the food was fresh and bountiful, and the people were healthy and God-fearing. If anyone was the pride and joy of Bahara, it was Greta Miller. The young woman of 20 rarely went to the market on Main Street, for her wealthy father had errand boys for every task. But once in a while, she descended from her estate to hand-select delicacies for her sophisticated palate, and every merchant marveled at her golden curls and sparkling personality. Good morning, Herr Becker. Herr Becker the baker sold Greta his freshest loaves of bread and threw in a delicious streuselkuchen for free. Glad tidings, Herr Fischer. Herr Fischer, the fishmonger, handed Greta salmon his sons had caught that morning, while his wife slipped her an old family recipe for cooking it. Have a most blessed day! Greta smiled, touched by the villagers' kindness. When she was done, she waved, and every single vendor waved back. Then she turned to walk off, when someone had the audacity to stumble right into her. Watch where you're going, you oaf. I, I'm sorry, Greta. In truth, Greta was rather rude under her veneer of elegance, just as Bahara was rather stifling in its perfection. Greta usually hid it well, but if there was one person who rankled her, it was her cousin, Lorelai. Lorelai was not an oaf. In fact, she and Greta looked a lot alike and had spent their childhoods playing together and singing in the school choir. But their lives diverged in adolescence, and their bond dissolved entirely. Most people thought it was a family matter. Greta's parents had become wealthy after her father took over a Rhine trading post a few years prior— Meanwhile, Lorelai's mother, Minna, grew fed up with so-called friends who gossiped about her daughter's mysterious parentage. When she could no longer afford to live in town and her rich sister refused to help, Minna moved Lorelai to a shabby farm in the countryside. Some whispered that they practiced dark magic there. On the rare occasions that Lorelai ventured back into Bahara, she unsettled villagers with her greasy hair, threadbare frocks, and blunt manner. Greta wanted to evade her, but she had a benevolent reputation to protect. Apologies, Lorelai. I barely recognized you. New frock. I'm sure it was new at some point. <sighs> uh, how is Aunt Maria? She's wonderful. And how is Aunt Minna? She's feuding with one of our goats. Best of luck to the goat. Anyway, I must be off. Why, isn't this a happy sight? Lorelai and Greta, together again. The women tensed up as Bishop Erwin ambled over. The young priest had the innocence of a choir boy, and no one in Bahara could bear to upset him. I haven't seen you two together since, well, 
since Lorelai and her mother stopped attending Sunday service with the rest of your family. Oh, Aunt Minna's knee makes it hard for her to travel. No, my mother just doubts the existence of God. But her knee hurts too. Bishop Erwin, I apologize for Lorelai's curious sense of humor. <laughs> Not to worry. I can take risky jokes. I just can't make them. Oh, but anyway, it is good to see you reunited. Gossiping about tonight's party? Party? Yes, Greta's birthday celebration tonight. Surely you're attending, Lorelai. I was not invited. Of course you were. Mother had a messenger deliver all the invitations a month ago. Perhaps you got lost on the way to your farm since it is so remote. Oh, girls, do sort it out. With Hari coming, too, it'll be wonderful to see you three scampering about. Just like old times. <laughs> see you tonight. Bishop Erwin wandered off to sample some of Herr Becker's pastries. Greta moved to leave, but Lorelai grabbed her arm. What is he talking about? Harry's been gone for ages. He's coming through town. He got a job on one of my father's ships. I didn't know that. I haven't heard from Harry in years. Well, he and I have been corresponding. Oh, all right. Where and when is your party? The dance hall at sunset. Please consider not coming. Greta hurried away, but Lorelai still had errands to run. The baker barely made eye contact as he sold her three-day-old bread at a discount. The fishmonger had his wife deal with her because the girl's knack for haggling set his nerves aflame. Lorelai usually dreaded her time in town as she knew what people thought of her and her mother. But today, she barely paid attention to anyone's strange looks or whispers because Hari was coming back into her life. Lorelai walked back to her mother's farm with a spring in her step. She even hummed, though she'd not sung in years, but it was a bittersweet tune, for in truth, her memory of Hari was not entirely a pleasant one. Lorelai, Greta, and Hari were inseparable in their youth. Though the boy was a year older, he was so scrawny that the girls had to protect him from the bullies. Both Greta and Lorelai secretly fancied him, but Lorelai had won that battle, though she hadn't been aware it was a battle. When they were 14, Lorelai sang in a schoolyard concert. It was a rare moment where everyone in Bahara seemed eager for her presence, and Hari was more eager than anyone. On Lorelai's walk home, he ran up and said that her voice was as beautiful as her face. Then he kissed her and scampered away. It was the happiest Lorelai had ever been, until Greta stepped out of the bushes with venom in her eyes. That was the real reason the girls drifted apart. From each other and from Hari, too. The boy soon grew tall, strong, and entirely too manly to spend time with either of them. The last time Lorelai saw Hari was when he left to work with his father on a trading ship, so she fully intended to attend Greta's party. But first, she needed her mother's permission. Absolutely not. No, I won't hear another word about this. 
Lorelai's mother, Minna, was having a bad enough day as it was. Her knee was acting up again, and her only female goat wouldn't stand still enough to let her milk it, so she wasn't too pleased when Lorelai came home dreaming of a fancy party thrown by Minna's simpering bourgeois niece. Mother, I so rarely ask you for anything. Then ask me for something else. A new pair of work boots, a pet pig even. I had one of those, but we ate him. Well, Bjorn was plump and times were hard. And getting harder. I know. Why do you think I haggle with Herr Becker for discounted bread? Good girl. Yes, I am. Who deserves a night out. You barely let me go into town. You forbid me from going to the Rhine in the summer. Because it's far away and you can't swim. Because you never taught me. And still I stay by your side. I have so little. Can't I just have this? All this caterwauling for Greta's party. You hate her. And rightfully so. It's not about Greta. It's just... Mm, Hari will be there. Oh, wonderful. This is about a man. What have I always told you? <sighs> Men are traitors who take what they want and run. Very good, girl. But not every man is like father. Not that I know what he was like, since you've never told me a single thing about him. Lorelai, there are some things you are better off not knowing. Well, I'd like to know some happiness. Mother, I miss Hari. I used to call him my one and only. Remember? Hari was a teenage infatuation. If he really cared for you, he'd have written, he'd have visited. So unless he plans to come here and invite you himself... Hello? Minna looked past Lorelai and rolled her eyes, exasperated. Lorelai turned and almost fainted from shock, for Hari was on a horse riding up to their farmhouse. There you are, Lorelai. Coming up, Lorelai rekindles an old flame and learns an old secret. Hi, listeners. To celebrate our favorite month, Parcast Network is releasing a slate of new shows leaning into all things spooky and spine-tingling. And now we're bringing you an original series called Superstitions, featuring the origins and impacts of our most unusual beliefs and the stories of those who dare to defy them. Every week on Superstitions, hear a new drama that illustrates the eeriness and unlocks the mysteries of humanity's strangest codes of conduct. Like holding your breath while passing a cemetery so you don't wake the dead and make them jealous. Or carrying the foot of an animal known to have an evil eye. Or using iron to keep away the devil. They may seem mystical or even completely illogical, but one thing is certain. You ignore them at your own risk. You can find and follow Superstitions free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. To hear more ParCast shows, search ParCast Network in Spotify's search bar and find a growing slate of spooky October programming to enjoy. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Now back to the story. 
Lorelai stared at Hari, the boy she loved as a teenager who she hadn't heard from in years. Now he was standing at her doorstep. Her mother, Minna, stood behind her, a protective hand on her arm. But Lorelai wriggled free. She walked up to Hari, who was still on his horse. Her head spun at seeing him again. He'd grown into a handsome and rugged young sailor, with stubble on his chin and wild, sun-streaked hair. As Hari dismounted, Lorelai felt like she might kiss him right then and there. So she surprised even herself when she slapped him across the cheek instead. Ow! What was that for? (laughs) I don't know, but I'm sure you deserved it. Lovely to see you again, too, Frau Wagner. Mother, the goat's escaped. Go find it and give us some privacy. Please? Ugh, blast. Remember to stand your ground, Lorelai. Minna limped after her errant goat, while Lorelai turned back to Hari. He rubbed his red cheek with confusion, looking for a second like the shy little boy she once knew. Lorelai threw her arms around him in a warm embrace. A slap and a hug. Greetings in Bahara have certainly changed since I left. I'm sorry. For the slap or the hug? Both. Neither. Lorelai, what's the matter with you? I don't know. I'm... I'm thrilled to see you, of course. But it's also been four years of utter silence. And then I have to learn you're in town from Greta who you've apparently been trading letters with. I wrote her with my address. I thought she'd pass it along to you. You thought Greta would do someone else a favor? You're too hard on her. After all, she convinced her father to give me a job. So why have you come here? I just sailed into town. I wanted to make sure you came tonight. Well, the only reason I would have gone was to see you. Come back to our farm in a few days and... We can have a proper visit then. No, Lorelai. I want you there. And I want you to sing for us. Like you used to. Sing? I've barely practiced in years. I sound like a pig being slaughtered. It would mean so much to hear your voice again. And to have one of my oldest friends by my side on such a special night. Lorelai almost felt like Hari was hiding something. But then he put a strong hand on her shoulder and squeezed it, and her doubt dissipated. Lorelai didn't know what to do next, but luckily, Minna returned, lugging an angry goat in her arms. All right, that's enough. Lorelai can go to the party if she chooses, but stop distracting her in the meantime. She has chores. Off you go, Hari. Minna stormed into the barn, intent on milking that blasted goat. Lorelai rolled her eyes. Hari did, too. Then he mounted his horse. I'll see you tonight, Lorelai. I can't wait for you to see my ship. Ship? The party's at the dance hall. No, you must have got it wrong. The party's on my sailing ship. Well, technically, Greta's father's ship. We're docking it by the Murmuring Rock. The view will be spectacular. As Hari departed, Lorelai frowned. Clearly, Greta had given her the wrong location on purpose. But thankfully, dear Hari had made things right. 
A few hours later, Lorelai walked into the farmhouse kitchen. She'd plated her wild golden curls into submission and slipped on a lacy dress she'd found in the attic. It was her mother's from when she was young and believed looks mattered. Minna looked up from the kitchen table and took in her daughter. A complicated mix of pain and pride played across her face. You look so... Normal. It suits you too well. Did you just compliment my looks? A woman is worth more than her outward appearance. But, yes. Now, you'll need the horse. I know it's a bother, but you should take the long way to town. The path is smoother and the light is better. I'm not going into the village. I thought the party was at the town hall, but it's at the Murmuring Rock. What? Lorelai, then you must stay home. <sighs> if this is about the river, I promise I won't go swimming. It's not about the Rhine. It's about what's underneath it. Mother, what's wrong? I need to tell you something about your father. Minna motioned for Lorelai to sit. Though Lorelai was itching to leave, she had never seen her mother in this state. Minna was trembling, breathless, and deeply afraid— so Lorelai took a cautious seat at the table. What about my father? When I was your age, I almost drowned in the Rhine. The only thing that saved me was a man's voice. A beautiful one, like yours, but older, singing to me from the murmuring rock. I swam toward it, so certain it would be my salvation. Mother, I don't understand. I thought he was an angel. But he was something different, a spirit, one who wrapped me in his arms and filled me with lust and then pulled me into the deep. And then? I awoke the next day on the shores of Bahara, pregnant. What are you saying? I believe the spirit was Father Rhine, Lord of the River. I believe you are his child. I believe... You may have his gifts, and I believe that if you go to the rock, he will reclaim you. So that is why you must stay home with me. I didn't realize. <laughs> well, it's not like they taught us about Father Ryan in church. No, I, I didn't realize how truly unhinged you were. What? Your story is preposterous. You don't even believe in God. But I believe in God's. Even if no one else does, and even if everyone in Bahara said I was assaulted by a mad sailor, they called me a liar. Maybe they're right. Lorelai, please. Even if you don't believe me, just stay and do what you're told. No. Tonight, I do what I want. Lorelai stood from the table and raced out of the house. Minna wanted to run after her, but her knee was weak and her heart was broken. She barely made it to the door when she heard the family horse gallop away. As the sun set below the horizon, Lorelai galloped across the countryside with eyes narrowed in anger. She felt guilty for defying her mother's wishes, but if she would make up such a story just to keep her home, she was beyond reasoning with. 
So Lorelai looked up at the murmuring rock looming in the distance. She felt no fear, only excitement. Or at least, that's what she told herself. Soon, Lorelai reached the shores of the Rhine. It was a place she'd only been to a few times in childhood, in secret with Greta. While her mother hadn't allowed her to go there, Lorelai couldn't deny that something about the place felt right. Up ahead was a handsome wooden sailing ship, bedecked with colorful lanterns and brimming with Bahra's best and brightest villagers. To Lorelai's eyes, it was the prettiest sight she'd ever seen. She kept her eyes up, so she didn't notice the river's waters lapping closer and closer to her horse's hooves, like the water was hungry for her. Up next, Lorelai attends an unforgettable party. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Now back to the story. Lorelai left her horse with one of Greta's stuffy valets and made her way up the gangway onto the ship. Another servant stood by a golden rope, letting guests in. When Lorelai gave her name, the man sighed and said she wasn't on the list. Lorelai's face grew hot. She searched the crowd on deck and saw Greta. She waved, but Greta looked away. Lorelai sighed and waited until Bishop Erwin whispered something to Greta and pointed to Lorelai. With a frown rippling across her red-stained lips, Greta stomped over and called out to the servant. She may enter. The servant let Lorelai through onto the ship's deck. She approached Greta, who looked positively nauseous at her presence. Happy birthday, Greta. Apparently, I'm supposed to sing? You do not have to do that. I heard Hari came by your farm. Yes, to clear up my confusion about the party's location. I'm sure he meant well, but I truly wish you hadn't come. Lorelai was puzzled, for while the words out of Greta's mouth were mean, the expression on her face was somewhat remorseful. She was about to ask if Greta was all right when one of Greta's pretty friends pulled her away to dance on the deck. Lorelai walked through the crowd, clutching her arm like a security blanket and searching for Hari. 
she knew the village's upper crust was gossiping about her presence, or perhaps her appearance, but she had more important goals. <laughs> Lorelai observed Hari across the deck, but when he wasn't laughing with Bahra's bawdiest bachelors, he was refilling Greta's champagne. Lorelai couldn't quite work up the courage to interrupt, so it was almost a relief when Bishop Erwin waved her over to the table he sat at alone. Lorelai and the bishop sat together through dinner and dancing and cake. The man was a chatterbox, and all she had to do was nod pleasantly. But when Erwin's conversational well finally ran dry, he seemed to realize how tense Lorelai was. Lorelai, something is troubling you. Is there any way I can help? Lorelai searched Erwin's eyes. He was a man of God, and her mother had always told her that they weren't to be trusted. But at the same time, Erwin had always been kind to her. Maybe he was worth confiding in. I just... I just had a different vision of how things might go tonight. I hoped I'd enjoy it more since Mother actually tried to stop me from coming. While I can't say I agree with your mother's view on most matters, I do know she cares for you deeply. The poor woman has had to be mother and father to you. And perhaps she's gotten a little too protective. Well, that's exactly it. To stop me, Mother told me this story about my father. She said he was... Oh, I feel so silly even saying it. Father Rhine? How do you know that name? Lorelai, th this isn't the best time. Attention, everyone! Attention! Before Erwin could continue, all eyes were drawn to the ship's prow. The musicians went silent as Greta stood on the makeshift stage before them. Thank you all so much for being here tonight. It means so much to me and to us. Hari, come up here. Hari made his way through the crowd, receiving encouraging slaps on the back from his friends. Lorelai watched him with growing alarm. She wasn't sure what was happening, but her chest ached with sudden dread. This may come as a surprise. I do love a birthday surprise. But, well, Hari and I have an announcement. It's, it's rather sudden, but you could also say it's been a long time coming. We're engaged to be married. Every guest stood up to cheer, but Lorelai remained seated. Her vision swam and her heartbeat slowed. She felt like she was going to faint, and she kept her eyes trained on the glass of water in front of her while she took deep breaths. <sighs> Lorelai barely saw the water in her glass shift in time with her breath. The crowd's noise was too deafening, and her heartbreak was too great. Thank you. Thank you all. And to celebrate, I'd be honored if our dear childhood friend Lorelai Wagner would come up and sing a tune for us. Lorelai looked up. Hari was smiling at her from the stage. 
Greta clung nervously to his arm and looked away. She almost looked guilty, and every single guest turned their head to look at Lorelai expectantly. Bishop Erwin put a friendly hand on her back and pushed her forward. Lorelai briefly wondered if she could make it through a song with her dignity intact. But she was so shell-shocked that she only took two steps toward the stage before stumbling and falling to the deck. Then Lorelai pulled herself back up to her feet and bolted to the gangway. Much to Greta's dismay, Hari leapt from the stage to follow her out to the shore. Lorelai, wait! I did wait for years, Hari. Now leave me alone! Lorelai ran off. Hari wanted to follow his past, but Greta was inside and she was his future. So he turned and went back into her father's ship. Lorelai finally stopped running. Once she was away from the ship and the crowd and the nightmare of Greta's party, she threw herself against a boulder at the bottom of the murmuring rock and cried like she never had before. Hari was Greta's now. He'd been too oblivious to tell her, and Greta had been too cruel. The entire town had tittered and whispered at her shame, and her mother was a liar who deprived her of a normal life. Lorelai kept crying. Her tears trickled down the boulder and dripped into the Rhine's lapping shores. And as soon as they touched the water, a voice called out. Hello? Who's there? Come closer. It called out from somewhere within the murmuring rock. Lorelai took a few cautious steps and realized there was a passageway between the boulders at the cliff's base. Then Lorelai heard a haunting, soaring voice as water rushed into the passage. She knew she would drown, so she tried to run out, but the water raced around her legs, and Lorelai swore it felt like it was grabbing her ankles. Then the water did grab her and pulled her down into an underground tunnel. After a rough landing, Lorelai realized she'd fallen into a half-submerged grotto under the murmuring rock. Strange creatures slithered around in the unnaturally blue water. Every noise seemed to echo around her, splintering into thousands of smaller sounds. Hello, my child. Lorelai looked up and was stunned to see a man silhouetted in the grotto's entry. But he looked like no man she had ever seen. He was taller, slimmer, and paler than a man was supposed to be, and his eyes shone with the same color as the watery blue around her. At last we meet. What a strange little surface girl you've turned out to be. Father? Lorelai wanted to protest. She wanted to say it was a trick, that her mother's story was a lie, or that this was some grief-induced fever dream. But Lorelai simply knew he was Father Rhine, Lord of the River, and that she was his daughter. What do you want? 
What do you want from me, Lorelei? To be left alone. I do not believe you. What do you want, Lorelei? Hurry. I still do not believe you, my child. What do you want? Father Ryan's voice burrowed its way into Lorelai's ears. The sound almost drove her mad. But in madness, there is clarity. And after a few moments, Lorelai finally found her real answer to her father's question. I want revenge. <laughs> Good girl. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. Find out what happens when Lorelai gains the ability to control any man she meets and the villagers of Bahara band together to banish her. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday we dive into another dark, classic tale. We'll be back next week with the conclusion to this epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Michael Langsner, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Mythology was written by Amin Osman, with writing assistance by Andrew Kelleher. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Tiana Camacho, Joe Hernandez, Kim Lynn Tran, and Jen Wong. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Remember to follow Superstitions for new episodes featuring our most unusual beliefs. Are they side effects of ancient folklore or truly the masters of our fates? Look closely and examine the writing on the wall. Superstitions airs every Wednesday, free on Spotify. 